welcome everyone to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips too. So let's get the show started. Welcome to our listeners around the world via the podcast in our Facebook podcast platform. Our listeners on our FM station in New York and our two Philadelphia radio stations. It's Tuesday evening drive time for you. Great show today. We'll be discussing Thai food, comfort food, and soul food. So let's get this great show started. Amorous Pollock, introduce us to your fabulous guest. Hi, everyone. I want to introduce you to somebody who is an amazing chef who has made waves across, like in Philadelphia and, you know, has been making everybody's taste buds happy. Um, she is hailing from uh, from Thai food and her name is Nuk Sunatoranan um, and she owns Kalaya Thai Kitchen in Philadelphia. Nuk, welcome to our show. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, now, I'm going to just jump right in. And uh, I know that from prior interviews, you know, you, you have mentioned that your mother is your inspiration behind Kalia Thai Kitchen, the name of it. Um, so how did you how did you get started? And, you know, did you learn by her side cooking? Yes, so I started by um, watching my mother, my grandmother, my great-grandmother cook in the kitchen. And, you know, as a child, I was helping her in, you know, in the market. My mother sells curry paste in the market. She have like a small grocery store in the market that have, you know, sell all the kitchen staple, like, you know, uh, shrimp paste, dry shrimp, dry chili, garlic, shallot, all sorts of things. And then um, she started her own curry paste brand. And this became, you know, a successful business. Then, you know, I, me and my two brothers, we, we've been helping her. So that's how I learned how to make fresh curry paste. And, and you know, our family the food is a very big deal. It's, it's huge. We are we all such a foodies. We love great stuff. So, you know, that's how I learned how to appreciate good food and, and quality by watching and, and, and learning this uh, alongside my, my family members. I mean, I would definitely love to learn how to uh, make curry paste from scratch because that is... 100% one of my favorite things. I am that person that licks the bowl whenever there's curry involved. Um, and, and and as embarrassing as that, you know, can be in public, but <laughs> I will try to get every morsel of uh, curry. So that's an amazing um, thing for you to have been able to grow up and learn how to make things from scratch like that. Um, yes. Now, I know also that, you know, your family members were like, a little um, apprehensive of you opening up this restaurant and, you know, the, the concept or whatever, and you guys, your family was afraid of, you know, how it would be received. What was the reaction when you had such a successful uh, reception? 
Okay, so let's start first with my husband. Um, the minute I, I found the location, I gave him a call. He was somewhere, I'm not so sure, Brazil or somewhere on this planet, not <laughs> in America. And he said, no, baby, you're not doing that. And, you know, I always take no as a yes and yes is yes. So, you know, I finally convinced him to agree that, you know, this is my dream and, 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 you know, thanks to him, Kalaya is, you know, exists. And so he is, he played major part of my success. My family, my mother is the minute I, when I told her I'm opening the restaurant, she asked me, are they going to like our food? Are they going to like my food? I said, yes, they will love it. We will make them. We have our way and, you know, we will because I've been cooking and, you know, taking care of everybody in my neighborhood in Queen Village for nine years. They've been eating the food that Kalaya is serving nowadays for nine years. So, and if these, you know, people in my neighborhood love this food, it's same as, you know, everybody in Philadelphia, they will. My little niece, when I when I received the award from Esquire magazine as number one best new restaurant in America, I told her and she over the phone and she said, Auntie Nock, but America is such a big country. And I said, yes, and I am number one. So, you know, I would say that they are very proud of me, but in the other hand, you know, in the real life, um, I am still the very same person to my family, my neighbor, you know, it's just, I just have another role as a chef. That's all. Yeah. And you have some lucky neighbors that that's, you know, they got to be um, incorporated in your, your culinary journey um, while you were, you know, coming, coming to terms with owning the restaurant, we'll say. <laughs> um, <laughs> Now, you, you know, you previously were a flight attendant and, you know, before opening up and I, I believe you sold high end foods as well. Was that when you were growing up in, you know, with your mother and um, your grandmother in, you know, selling things in the market or was that alongside with your husband? No, that's different time of life. So when I was young, I grew up helping my mother. Um, in the market, learning to make Thai food and curry paste. And I moved to Bangkok after I graduated from a college. And then I moved again to Kuwait to work as a flight attendant. So as 20, at the age of 21, I already traveled the world and, and learned to appreciate food because I was working in first class of Kuwait Airways that, you know, we serve our passenger with all those, you know, high-end stuff, caviar, foie gras, whatever you name it. Um, and I think it's my instinct that, you know, it's my passion about food that it leads me to the direction that is just, I think it's, it's fate, it's destiny. <laughs> um, so that being said, when I moved back to Thai Airways and start flying with Thai, I, I continue my journey and, and you know, it's my, my every, every destination that I go, food is always my priority, food and fashion. 
So when I opened Italian restaurant in Bangkok in 2003, it's just another chapter of my life. So I was working three jobs. I was a flight attendant. I own an Italian restaurant with same size with Kalaya, 37 seats. And I was a partner of the small jewelry business with that, you know, I partnered up with my close friend that we grew up together. So, you know, it, I would say that I always surround myself with great food and, and, you know, all things that about the quality that that's always my life. Yeah. Now, as far as your travels and everything, um, I'm sure that they've inspired you with some of the dishes that you offer um, at Kalia. So what are some of the dishes that you offer at Kalia? And, you know, how, how is your food and the way that you present it distinguished above some other, you know, Thai restaurants that are available in the city? Um, we let's we will not talk about the other Thai restaurants. Oh no, no, no. Because yeah, because you know, let's not go there because you know, um every restaurant that's pride, that's dignity, and that's the passion of each chef. But let's say Kalaya is me, it's my family recipe, it's the love letter from me to my clients in Philadelphia to you know, it's, it's a love letter. So it's a language, but it's just like my communication through food for everybody. So, you know, that's, that's what made the difference. When, because when, when, when you write a love letter, the language have to be beautiful. It's well put together. You wrote it with your heart and it's genuine. It is so genuine. That's, that's my food to, <laughs> to, to me and to you, you know. So, yeah. Now you, and you could see, yeah, and every dish is very unique. And that's what I was going to dive into. That was my, more of my goal is to get you to dive into some of the, the, the foods that you offer, some of the dishes. Mm-hmm. What was the question again? Um, so I know that you, you know, you don't shy away from spices and you've definitely have a way of, you know, telling people who visit your, your kitchen, who visit you to enjoy your food, um, you, you explain to them how to eat the Thai food and how to eat your food um, so that you, they balance the different um, levels of spices and, and, you know, create, you know, that perfect bite where it has that balance. So what are some of the, the foods that, like, what are some of um, your menu options? Mm, I think you already spoke for me because you already have an answer in your question. What um, do you think? You spoke about balance. You spoke about how we explain to people. Correct? Yes, I did. Um, yes. And I, so have you been to the restaurant? I actually have not. Um, I've, I've done okay. a good amount of research on you. Know, on you so right. <laughs> so yes. that's where I based so, my question on um exactly yes you, can, I, can you, I chime in yes you can yes. Jean. Jean has a question for you so knock i have been to your restaurant and it's absolutely wonderful it is by far and away in my opinion the best thai restaurant in the city of philadelphia and regions beyond but for our listeners 
many people still struggle with the concept of a curry and curry-based foods. You absolutely have a mastery of curries. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, so many people think curry is a spice and not a spice blend or, you know, can you talk a little bit about what makes your particular curries so unique? Because they really are. They're different and they're something that people must try. So can you touch base a little bit about curries and, and you know, what you bring to that? Okay. So first of all, um, it's the perception. And people been having the wrong perception about Thai food or any curries that it is super spicy. And it's also perception about ethnic food or Thai food that it should be inexpensive. Um, and when you saw the price of the curry in my restaurant, or and you were thinking like, oh, I should just order curry because the price is too high. That's not the way to eat Thai food, you know? And that's perception is lead to the wrong thing that so many restaurants is doing. Because people will come in and they just want to do one curry and expect to have vegetable protein and sauce in one dish. Right? Is yep. that correct? Yes. That's that how correct. you see it in the other restaurant. In my restaurant, my curry will have the variation of spice. We don't do number one, number two, number three, number four. We don't change the level of spice. But in the other hand, I have certain level of different heat in each different curries. Okay. And, and each curries have different ingredients. The heat source of each curries are come from different herbs, different spices, different kind of chili, or some might come from peppercorn, you know, and, and what fascinating is, it's not just curry that's spicy. Some curry could be sweet and milder, like, you know, masaman curry, but salad could be very spicy, like duck salad. So, um, because Thai food have a very um, complexity and, and that's our culture. So, the way that I presented in my restaurant and my, not just me, me and my staff, we've been working for three years. We, we brought our culture, my culture to you through the restaurant. And we, we, we spend time with you at every table, take our clients through the entire menu and, 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 and be with them and take them to the journey to understand our food and our culture. Does that cover your answer? It certainly does. And you educate. That's what I truly appreciate about your food. You are an educator. And that's really one of the greatest levels of being a chef is when you can educate and teach and inspire people through your foods. And you do that extremely well. Yes, and I, I, I would say in order for us to be able to do that, you know, as an educator, not the restauranter, we cannot look at the number or think about the business uh, part of the restaurant. So if some of the customer come to the restaurant and they insist they just want to order one curry, 
I would, me and my staff would sometimes just send them another side dish because we know that, you know, that curry is going to kill them and they're going to walk out of my restaurant disappointed and just have the whole wrong perception about my food. So we care. We care about our food so much that this is not, not, it's, it's not the business. It's the, it's the passion. It's like you come to my home and I cook for you. And, and we will always, you know, we always try to accommodate without, without losing our integrity, without losing integrity of our food. Um, that is extremely important. And I, I, I know that, you know, with the teaching, you teach people how, how the ingredients um, fills us and also gives us nutrients and, and has a good effect on our bodies and how our, you know, your culture, it's in, in all cultures, actually, a lot of cultures, food is, you know, something that brings people together. Um, now with that, you also have um, a lot of things, a lot of events that you've been doing, a lot of, um, you, you've shown as like a chef in residency where you've hi been highlighted in different restaurants or whatever, and you're expanding your family and your culture that way. So I was wondering for our listeners out there, what are some of the things that are coming up soon where you're going to, you know, expand that family further with different pop-ups, like with the Sisterly Love Food Fair um, and, and uh, you know, concepts like that? Where can, um, what can we look forward to with Kalia? Okay, so with Sisterly Love Food Fair, we try to be participate as much as we can but unfortunately sometimes we could not do as much as we would love to because of the staff shortage that we are facing i mean same as everybody um so restaurant is my main priority right now i'm trying to focus on the restaurant uh and also we're gonna be at box building for the whole month of june you can see me there um i have a few i have a few collaboration here and there from this month from april to june so just you know just keep an eye out we will let you guys know and yeah that's pretty much it and also the new kalaya will be open in fish town in 2023 oh that's super exciting yes it will be bigger it will be you know, you guys will have better and more comfortable restaurant with the same food, same concept. Yes. So that's, that's something that, you know, it would be exciting for everybody. That is. I mean, I don't know about the other people, but I'm so excited. I'm excited for you because I love Thai food. So I definitely, I definitely have to make, make it over there. Now, where can our listeners find you online? Um, we are at, uh, so Kalaya Thai Kitchen on Instagram and online, I think it's kalaya.net. I'm not so sure because I never handle any side of the business, but you know, just Google us, you know where I am and, and we have plenty of information about us online, and, you know, but you know, most importantly, stop by and say hi. You don't have to come and eat if you walk, um, past the restaurant, if I'm there, just say, you know. I know you, I heard about you. I know that you have a very cute dog and we love your food. 
or you know just talk about weather or plant whatever you want to talk <laughs> i'm there that's great now knock thank you so much for joining us on food farms and chefs thank you too thank and you and thank you for having me thank you chef goodbye Take thank care. you very much goodbye. let's take a break and we'll be right back to become a sponsor of our show and have your business or event promoted on every single podcast platform, two Philadelphia radio stations on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. evening drive time, an FM station in New York, and to the millions of Facebook users worldwide with access to the Facebook mobile app. Send us an email to either foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com or diningonadime at yahoo.com. And we're back, Chef Gene. Introduce us to your fabulous guest. Well, it's not that common that we have a veteran of several different great culinary television shows. At this time, I am honored to welcome Aziz Green, who was season 16 of Hell's Kitchen, as well as season 39 of Chopped a great Philadelphia chef who is just wowing taste buds throughout the city and the region. Uh, also a part of the Gordon Ramsay takeover team. Season, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. A great honor to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to, to be here. So, as always, I always like to find out what was your early inspiration? Who inspired you? What got you into your cooking and that, you know, base approach that you have? Uh, my dad, so my dad got me into cooking. Um, he started teaching me how to cook when I was nine because he told me that one day I would get married and my husband would, would want me to cook. Um, I started cooking because I like to eat and that was my way of, you know, feeding myself. Not that we was poor or anything. My my dad cooked dinner every night, but if I wanted something particular, something that I wanted to taste and my taste buds, then I would go in the kitchen and I would create it myself. And my pop pop uh, was a chef and he also inspired me. He was my muse for a long time until he passed away. And um, he just encouraged me to, you know, stay, stay uh, creative um, keep cooking fun and and you'll enjoy it and I do <laughs> well that certainly carried over to when you appeared on Hell's Kitchen because you were an absolutely fun contestant you were just full of energy and I think at times you just even captivated Gordon Ramsay with your energy level and your excitement and your approach to food it was really a wonderful thing to see tell us how that experience all took place. Like, you know, go from being, you know, an area chef, local chef to, you know, being on Hell's Kitchen. Honestly, that, that whole process took a couple of months. You know, I, I interviewed for it in June, I believe. And I didn't know I was actually going to go um, until October, I think, because they have several interview processes. They fly you out to LA a couple of times and you have an interview. But um, it the 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 process was 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 fine. Once you got on the show, and you start living with these other chefs, um, 
that's that was honestly the harder part not not necessarily the cooking like the i mean the cooking the challenges and everything they are challenges because you have to create a dish within a certain amount of time but um the whole the whole the whole i was there for four weeks out of six weeks that whole experience was something that you know I, was was something amazing that i that i've taken with me that that i'll never forget <clears throat> can i pop well, in that- for one second Sure. Um, so I have a friend who's also been on several different cooking shows, um, and she forms friendships with the, her fellow castmates. Do you have anybody that like, or some people who you stay connected to and you do collaborations with? Uh, I have, I have a lot. Well, first there are a lot of people just from my season of HK that I'm friends with. Um, one of them is Chef Shana. Her and I, we talk very often we actually just did a job in LA at the beginning of February um but I'm also friends with chefs from other season like um chef Barbie Marshall and uh Christina and Heather like there are a lot of other chefs that I talk to Sade um wow there there are a lot of other chefs that I talk to because it's like once you're on that show it's like a family you know, you it's, it's like a family. And before going on that show, I honestly did not think that any any of them liked each other because how they're portrayed how they edit the show. Yeah. But once I got on and and saw this, and then even after leaving and 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 doing um, Hell's Kitchen pop pop ups at the Gordon Ramsay restaurant in Atlantic City, um, I found. One, I got to know a lot of people. We always check up on each other, make sure everybody's doing good. If we have any jobs in other states and know people that are going to another state, we always link up with the chef that lives in that state and see if they want, you know, if they if they have time to pick up a job or whatever, if they have time to see us. So it's yeah, you you do make friendships and, and bonds that last years after the show have aired has aired. Well, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. I know you're doing a lot of private events through the nation, and you're really in demand uh, to get your flavors and your foods out there. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. So currently, I'm a personal chef. Most of my clients are professional athletes. I cook for uh, um, NFL players. Um, I have I have you know one client that's not an NFL player. They're they're uh, she's a doctor, but. But I, I do my personal chefing, and during the off-season, I'll do pop-ups around the city, um, and like what I'm doing. I'm doing one this Sunday at Old City Kitchen um, and the following Sunday after that. But during the off-season, I'm basically, you know, just still cooking, just doing pop-ups around the city. I do still have my clients now, but um, on the weekends, I'm more flexible on the weekends to do other things. Well, we're very excited about your pop-up at Old City Kitchen, which is one of Philadelphia's newest locations and a very cool one at that. And yes. hoping that you do several more there. Um, for those listeners who do not know, Old City Kitchen is a uh, teaching kitchen. So while you're having that little pop-up, you're going to be within feet of Chef learning and watching and witnessing what she's putting together. So it's an educational experience as well as an amazing brunch that you're going to have. So um, they are, I know sold out, but you know, keep in touch and, and go for some more cooking for NFL players. I have a little bit of uh, understanding of that. Um, 
I have some affiliation with the Super Bowl every year and some of the things that are going on. So I understand, you know, a little bit about that. Explain to people the hardest thing, which is certainly making, you know, the the huge caloric count that NFL players need, but balancing protein and everything else. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in a very specific niche. So a friend, another chef friend of mine reached out to me. She was a. Uh... Uh, my first client was Malik Jackson when he when he came up here from the Jackson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. He signed with the Eagles, and um, and it was just at first during the off season they can kind of sort of eat what they want. You still want to keep them on a you still want to give them healthy food, but like I can dibble and dabble in some fried food every now and then. But during the season, that first season, he had gotten hurt, and and. Uh, he asked me, we had to come up with a way for him to not gain weight while he was sitting down, not really exercising. And it was just, you know, when you, when you were hired as a personal chef for, I don't know about basketball players, but I know for NFL players and, and on a defensive line, they are on a, they're on a very strict diet. You know, if you, if they go overweight um, or they're not hitting what they're supposed to hit, they get fined for that. So as their chef, I want one, I want to make sure they're eating right, you know, because you have because they're using their bodies as a shield. And a lot of these guys, after a game, they when they come home, they're sore. Like I would see them the next day and they're they're sore because they're getting their bodies pounded on. So you want to make sure that you fuel them up with enough protein. I usually give my clients at least a pound of protein um, with enough carbs that even though I don't give them a lot of carbs because they're on a the D line. So I usually keep it like low carbs, but then a lot of vegetables, like a cup to a cup and a half of vegetables. And then some anti-inflammatory drinks, possibly if they want some. Everything is anti-inflammatory, a lot of vegetables, a lot of lean meats, um, like chicken breast, bison. Um, If I could get, actually I've gotten venison before, I'll just travel to my friends and get some venison. But you know, a lot of lean meat, a lot of healthy meats, and just making sure that they that they stay healthy because their body has to, the, when you eat healthy, your body recuperates faster, okay? Rather than putting bad stuff in your body and you're playing these sports, it'll take a lot longer for your body to heal, for those tissues to heal, and for you to be ready for the next game that following week if you're not putting the right foods in your body. So I make sure that he gets they, that that they all get the right foods in their body. I do all their grocery shopping, so there are no unhealthy snacks in there. The only snacks that are in there are the ones that I purchase. <laughs> and that must be a difficult process with telling these gentlemen no. So you must have to have some great diplomacy in doing that. But they also understand that what you're doing for them is that you know is really what's best for them to stay in the long run and stay active well, in the league. Well, honestly, is is they they're the ones that that uh they they won't they won't stray from their diet. They will not stray from not not at least the, all the clients that I've had so far. When I say all right, this is what it is that you want to gain this, you want to lose this. This is what you want. Da, 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 da. And I tell them what it, and 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 we go over what you know what their plan is going to be. They don't. There's no questions. They're very serious. If, if the NFL, if an NFL player is hiring you as their personal chef, they're very serious about what they're doing. You know, it's different from like a basketball player. Basketball players make a whole lot more money than football players. 
So um, if a if an NFL um, if athlete is hiring you to cook for them specific meals, then they're very serious and they're not going to argue with you. They they'll do what you ask them to do. So I'm I'm very lucky and I'm very fortunate that I haven't had any you know tug of war. It's like no, you have to eat this and no, it's just this is what it is. And they're like, all right, chef, thank you. <laughs> well, that's a wonderful place to be with such very large personalities and things like that. So, you know, certainly a lot of fun. Tell us what your uh, guilty pleasure is, what you like to go out and eat and what you will indulge yourself in. Uh, my guilty pleasure is French fries from McDonald's, from McDonald's with a sweet tea and a Pizza Hut personal pan pizza. Matter of fact, I have one now. My way home from my client's house, I picked up two pieces because I didn't feel like cooking tonight. So it's pizza night. And I picked up two pieces for my kids and then two pieces for myself. <laughs> God it's, bless you. I, I have to applaud your honesty because not many chefs would admit that their guilty pleasure is McDonald's french fries. Yo, McDonald's so, french fries are good. Well, you know, they have that saltiness. They're great at that. They, you know, they, they really, you know, they've been around forever. I actually like my McDonald's fries dipped in a milkshake. So, oh, that's, see, that's, I don't do McDonald's fries. I do Burger King fries dipped in the, the Wendy's milkshake. <laughs> that's a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> mm, that sounds good. Both of them sound good. So I what other? Do, I just do plain fries. <laughs> <laughs> what other projects do you have coming up? I mean, obviously we have a date with Old City Kitchen. Hopefully, a couple of them. Uh, anything else on the horizon that our Philadelphia listeners or listeners throughout the country might be able to catch you with and doing? Well, we have the we have the two brunches with uh, Old City Kitchen. One this Sunday, the twenty seventh of March, and then one the following Sunday, the third of April. I'm doing both of those brunches. Um, other than that, I am working on a couple of projects. I don't want to say anything yet because I want them to happen. So, um, <laughs> so I am working on a couple of projects, talking to a few um, venues because there's some ideas I have percolating in my brain, um, but. But other than that, uh, other than just those two pop-ups, none that I can actually speak on right now. I have a question for you because you're saying that you do all the grocery shopping, and that makes sense considering you're the the their their chef. Um, how big of a grocery store order do you have? Like, what does your cart look like? And do you have a cart, or do you have like one of those you know push like <laughs> like a Home Depot push cart for all the food that you have to buy? <laughs> Well, no, honestly, I, I do all their shopping either the day before, usually the day before I go cook for them. Um, they don't really get the snacking. Their snacks are is, is food. So like meatballs would be their snack. Wings would be their snack. So as far as like chips and pretzels or, or trail mix or whatever, they don't have any of those. That doesn't come in the house. So the only thing I usually get for, for them for the market is besides the food I'm going to cook is fresh, fresh, is fresh fruit fresh fruit, um, some yogurts, because different different clients like different things. So um, yogurt, fresh fruit, um, and that's it. Everything else is just made fresh for them. Everything is made for, if it is a, uh, if it's spring rolls, I'm making the spring rolls. If it's wontons, I'm making the wontons. If it's, 
if it's any other type of hot snack, I'm usually making pizzas, but usually I use cauliflower crust. I do a cauliflower crust pizza for them. That way they can still have a pizza and it can still taste like pizza in a way, but it's just healthier for them. So my carts usually aren't that big. It's the personal carts and, and that's it. And that's it. Cause all their food, I don't do a, I don't do shopping for the week. I, I'll, I'll shop for them for, for what I'm making for them. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> now before, uh, we, we have to let you go, uh, which is sad because you're a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, do you do any catered events for, for I them? I do do catered events, um, but only for parties of 50 and less. I don't do anything more than 50 people because I, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it in the past <laughs> and, it's, and it's great, but, um, I don't want to. So usually it's just, I was never a big fan of catering. That's all. I was just never a big fan of catering. I like, I like my food to, I like, I like the small details in food, you know? Um, and, and I want you to taste, um, taste, taste everything that I, that I, that I do. So I've done catering in the past. So I've, I've catered weddings before I've catered birthday parties and everything, but now it's, is 50 people or less. Um, and I, I like to keep it, I like to keep my numbers small and simple. And then one more question. And then I would love to know how to find you online um, for our listeners who don't know how. Uh, what would you say to a young woman, since it is uh, Women's History Month, who is, you know, inspired to become a chef? What would be a piece of advice you would give that young woman? Well, um, keep working hard. Don't expect anything from anybody, you know, um, work hard, uh, know that what you're doing is, is, um, is, is working in, in this industry is, is hard. It can be hard for women. I, I know it was hard for me. Um, I was asked to do a lot more work than a lot of my male counterparts were asked to do. And, you know, I just, and I, and I did it, but it made me a stronger chef it made me a stronger kitchen person you know because besides being a chef i've done restaurant consulting you know i've done menu developing i sold recipes so it's it's take everything in that you're learning take everything in that you're learning don't listen to like i have a lot of friends that um i mean i'm i'm 42 and i didn't start following this passion until i was in my 30s like i've always kept a job you know, in the, in the industry, but I didn't make it my full-time career until I was in my thirties. And most, most women, they wait to have families until, until they're in their late thirties, if they're in this type of career, because, you know, you have to be there all the time. If you're executive chef or, or Sue, you have to be there all the time. And I made, I made my career, my second priority and my family, my first priority, but everybody's different. You know, everybody works differently, but keep pushing. Um, if you, if you have a recipe or idea, jot it down, make it better. Always, always reinvent, uh, not always, but there are a lot of recipes that reinvented and, and, and changed up and switched up. But, um, and don't, don't, don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged in this industry. It's easy to get discouraged in any industry. I'm sure I'm just speaking about the one I'm in, Yeah. but it's easy to get discouraged when you don't feel like you're getting recognized. When you don't feel like you're getting the right um, um, act of, uh, what's the, the rights I'm trying to think of the word for it, but well, when, when you, when, 
I, I do have to cut you off. I apologize. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. But uh, for anybody who wants to continue to listen to your inspirational words and encouragement, where can they find you? On Instagram, I'm under Chef Ziga. Um, that's my chef page. If you, I have both a chef and a personal page because some people want to see what's going on in your life. And that's fine. <laughs> so my chef page is Chef Ziga. You can follow me on that. Um, and then I have another page, Ziga222, where um, I post funny stuff on my stories or, and I have, you can see like the real person of like the real who I am on that page. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. Amorous Pollock, introduce us to your fabulous guest. Hi, I'd like to introduce everybody to Felicia Wilson. She is the owner um, of a fabulous restaurant that is going to be opening up in, um, in Philadelphia called Amina. Felicia, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. <laughs> so, um... I was just wondering, because you have had several um, other businesses that you've opened up and, you know, that you've operated and, you know, turned into very, you know, successful businesses. Um, they're in childcare, but you, as far as I, um, I was able to find out, you've never had a history in the culinary world. How, how was it, what inspired you to join the restaurant world? So what inspired me is I actually always wanted to retire, I would say, into the culinary world. I'm not quite of retirement age, if you will, but um, an opportunity was presented to say, hey, you know, I think your retirement goal is here faster than you know it. And um, I just went for it. So even though, you know, it's not traditionally my background, um, I went for it, was open for it, and... So far, I've been tackling it head on. Um, <clears throat> now, as far as, you know, your restaurant is concerned, you are bringing uh, Dar Chef Daryl Harmon onto um, staff, and he's, I know, your partner. How did you come across him and um, open up this this restaurant? Like, what what caused you guys to cross paths? So actually, we had a, when I say we, me and my husband, we were referred to someone else to kind of help us get Amina off the ground, another chef. Um, and he's more based out of Atlanta. Um, after talking to him a couple of times, he said, you know what, I have someone so much better that can help you. And he's actually closer to you guys. Um, he's in between New Jersey and New York. And... I actually worked under him for several years. I've learned a lot from him. Um, and when we're talking about, like, best of the best, I would definitely um, say that he is one. So I think it would be better for you guys to connect. And then me and Daryl were introduced to each other uh, almost about a year and a few months ago, like about December 2020, we were introduced to each other. And we've hit it off and it's been like a match made in heaven. And that's good. Um, now have you, as far as hitting it off is concerned while you were creating the menu or he was creating the menus, were you able to sit down and help curate what was going to be available? Yes. 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 So all of the menu 
items were in like exactly what it is him being shelf partner they were all within partnership and collaboration so i was involved in the menu process from beginning to end um now you also have cured uh created a restaurant that has um a collection of very uh nostalgic like nigerian um decor what inspired you to bring that into your restaurant so the restaurant is actually named after my second daughter amina um and amina means um african female warrior in nigeria in nigerian so we just basically went into everything inspired around the golds and warriors and uh things of that nature um textures and that's and you know that's lovely now why why not why don't you tell some of our listeners what you know what to expect um on your menu so we have an amazing american southern cuisine um some of the things that we're particularly like go crazy about are on the advertiser side or starter sides of things are peri peri wings um which are filled with a lot of african spices um we are really really excited about our braised oxtails um what we have developed just recently because we have done revisions to the menu um our seafood plateau which is lobster and crab um and clams and oysters just an array of seafoods all mixed together with some exciting sauces that would be um accompany those as well um we are also happy about our sandwich selections um and our sandwich selections one of them is our lobster roll which will you know a lot of people have taste lobster rolls but this one will not taste like one that anyone has ever tasted and it's especially a good thing because it will also be a bounce off of our food truck that we would like to start in the summer where we'll only be offering lobster rolls Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and I love lobster rolls and seafood. I I know that you I saw on your menu that you have a like a seafood plateau that I'm super excited about. What other kind of, you know, seafood based options do you have? Uh, we have a crab rice. Um, actually, it's called. Um, I'm trying to get the name correctly because this is also a new uh, addition that we put on to uh, cater to, you know, try to cater <clears throat> within that area. So this this is our jumbo lump crab cake, and this was king crab, old fusky crab rice, and a Meyer lemon cloud. Um, we also have a NOLA-style gumbo, which has seafood in it, shrimp, crab, and oysters. We have a pan-seared salmon. Um, we already talked about the lobster roll. We'll have a southern fried whiting uh, fish sandwich. Um, we'll have flaming lobster bisque uh, and clams casino. So those, you know, are to name up pretty much a, few, a lot of them, as well as pan-seared scallops. Mm, pan-seared scallops. 
Um, what are the some of the sides that you have uh, available for it? Because I love sides and mac and cheese and things like that, and I know you have mac and cheese. So we have mac and cheese for you. <laughs> we have mac and cheese. Going back to the seafood, we have a lobster parmousse, which is like our lobster mash, our rendition of lobster mashed potatoes, um, Brussels sprouts, candied yam puree, which is like the best I've ever tasted. Um, our own little signature, which it is toasted with marshmallows and Teddy grams. <laughs> we have collard greens, fried cabbage, grilled asparagus, uh, potato salad, and hand-cut fries. Um, now, with the hand-cut fries, I'm a huge lover of fries, but I love them extra, extra crispy. Um, how how will you serve them? Will you serve them with, like, spices, or um, would, would you make them extra crispy for me? We would make them extra crispy for you if that is exactly what you desire. <laughs> <laughs> It really is. Um, and they will be sprinkled with one of Daryl's uh, signature spices. Nice. Oh, yes. I read that. He creates his own signature spices for you guys. Um, yeah. So what are, like, does it vary as far as, you know, heat levels or is it just like, you know, a, like mild, like can we find things that are mild versus spicy versus Cajun um, or is it... Um, yeah, it's it's an array. I believe, you know, we do have some things more on the spicier end just because we're um, definitely trying to add the Nigerian spices. Um, but we have some things that are mild, um, like our beef, if anyone is, you know, in the area for that. Um, our Angus beef New York strip steak, uh, not as spicy. Our fried chicken bucket, not as spicy. So we have an array, you know that we can go with that you don't have to have anything spicy um and now i know that you also are offering things uh for for brunch you're going to be hosting a brunch as well uh why don't why don't you tell tell our listeners what to expect for your brunches so about a month after opening we are going to launch our weekend brunch club um which is a little different than most because it's not as as a simplified menu. Like we're offering loaded Oreo pancakes, um, maple fudge, French toast, um, your shrimp and grits, but we're catering our grits with the Ansel Mills grits. Um, and we have an alternate breakfast sandwich, which includes scrambled eggs, turkey sausage, home fries, fondue cheese, um, and avocado toast as well with some amazing sides. Yeah. I I mean, and everybody loves a good avocado toast. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And shrimp and grits is like one of my, you know, favorite things that I I get from Southern food and comfort foods, Mm -hmm. um, along with collard greens. And, you know, I think if I saw, if I remember correctly, did you say that you had French toast? We do. We do have French toast. We have a maple fudge French toast now, and if you don't like, which is with maple ice cream, whipped cream, walnuts, and syrup, hot maple fudge, and it's topped with mini Milky Way bars. If you're not an, a chocolate person, we can make them, you know, just regular, but these French toasts are so good, you don't even need syrup. <laughs> 
Um, <clears throat> and you're in a great location. You're one block from the second of Market Street L. It's very convenient for everybody to get there. So I love that. Just have a quick question. Cheesesteak beignets. Cheesesteak beignets. Let's talk oh. about it. So delicious. So, so delicious. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there to get them. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so delicious. That's one of our, like, signatures are the cheesesteak beignets. The only thing that they're so good right now, the only thing we're kind of troubleshooting is a beautiful display for them because they're amazing. Because I've never seen that on a menu. And uh, that's something that's, you know, southern and different. I love that. Right, and so you're, a little taste of Southern and a little taste of Philly, right? That's exactly right, and I love the location you're in. You're at 104 Chestnut, and it's convenient. Yeah. It's convenient by public transportation and driving. I love that. Yes, I yes. love I and love that location. Parking as well. We have ample parking across the street. Perfect behind the street parking. And that's important for our listeners to know. If you want to come there, you can get there. Public transportation, very easy. One block from the 2nd of Market Street L, plus plenty of parking. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Parking, you know, is always always is. an issue with uh, when you're traveling into the city with, like I am. Um, now, <laughs> I I want to also touch base on the fact that when, when you were trying to open initially, it was back in June, and you had faced some setbacks. Um, what sort of setbacks did you face and how, how, you know, what, what steps did you have to take in order to overcome them? Oh, wow. Yeah. We faced setbacks of vandalism to our property on two occasions, uh, with, uh, porch being thrown through our windows, our lockbox and locks being tampered with, um, as well as some resistance to us getting our liquor license, which turned into us having to go through like extremes of hearings and things of that nature in order to get everything granted so we can officially open within a few weeks. Which is good. Now, um, I know that with the liquor license, you, you had, you know, with that, you had some difficulties obtaining the liquor license. What kind of um, beverage menu uh, can our listeners look forward to as far as cocktails uh, are concerned? the beverage menu we have um our beverage consultant chris Kearns, um from formerly uh does the work with the Tau group out of new york so our beverage menu is also catered um around our african theme um we have particularly one that everyone has tried and loved is the amina's crown um, so it's a tequila-based margarita with passion fruit, fresh limes, um, bitters. Uh, it's served on the rocks. It's basically a robust complexity of vanilla and oak. Uh, another one that everyone loves is the Warrior Princess, which is cocktail style. Um, it's a vodka with fresh lemon, prosecco, um, dehydrated fart, and it's kind of tart, but it's amazing. <laughs> Um, now, you mentioned Warrior. So I want to just mention the fact that you named the, the name of your restaurant. Why don't you tell our listeners what inspired your restaurant name? The, what inspired, well, what inspired my, the name, I wanted to name something after one of my children. And my 
what I thought was going to be my last child ended up, her name is Amina. Um, and she's my second daughter, but then shortly after <laughs> coming up with the name of the restaurant, I'm like, oh, let's name this after Amina. <laughs> I found out I was pregnant again. So now I have a, a third daughter, which is really the last one this time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now what, what can our listeners look forward to? I know that, um, that you guys are opening. When are you opening and are you having any kind of celebrations for your opening? Yeah. So we're slated to open up the third week of April. Um, we are going to start off with a friends and family grant opening event for two days, and then we'll officially be open to the public within that week as well. Um, so hopefully you guys get to come by. That would be great if we could come by because I definitely was eyeing up your menu and I was just like, oh, I cannot wait to try some of that. Yeah, definitely. I don't know, Kevin, if you were uh, checking out the I'm menu. I'm going for the cheesesteak beignets. <laughs> I'm going hard, hard on the seafood for me. <laughs> and um, it's so where can our listeners look for you online and where can they find you in person? So they can look for us online at aminaphilly.com. Our physical location, Amina, is located at 104 Chestnut Street. And on Instagram, we are Amina Philly. That is awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Felicia. Thank you, Felicia. Thank you. Have Thank a great you. day. Thank you guys for having me. You too. Bye-bye. PhillyRestaurantReviews.com for all information about the show. Join me. Port Richmond, my neighborhood, turns 175 years old at Cahawks Playground this coming Saturday. Amherst Park. You can find me across social media at ARPolicus, or if you'd like to be a sponsor of the show, you can um, email me at ARPolicus at gmail.com, and you can find Gene Blum at ibfoodie2 or ibfoodie 2 at yahoo.com join me saturday port richmond turns 175 years old cohox playground have a great week